0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic Sean Patrick and Jeff Lasseter. Visit us at iHateCritics.net. Everyone's a, crit- Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My handle is CriticsPod. Uh, subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. It was a five-star review. We'll read your review on the air. Uh, we're on YouTube. Subscribe to the show there. Click on the little bell to get notified when our new episode goes up. Uh patreon.com slash critics pod, the best way to help support the podcast. We have several bonus episodes, including a nightmare uh not nightmare number Friday the thirteenth uh commentary track that Jeff and Sean did. Uh Sean and I have some music reviews on there as well, uh among other things. Uh so patreon.com slash critics pod. And if you want any of our podcasts merged, go to tpublic.com and search for critics pod or go to ihatecritics.net and click on the link in the upper right hand corner. Sean, where can people read your reviews?
1: The uh, archive blog is at seanatthemovies.blogspot.com, and uh, of course horror.media and geeks.media. M- the latest piece in my uh, book project, horror in the '90s, is up. Uh, the Guardian, directed by William Friedkin, so that's just a, a serialized portion of the book, which uh, uh, is you know in the process.
0: And Jeff, where can oh, people William read your Oh, William <laughs> Friedkin. Jeff Um,
2: Jeff Lasseter.com is my website. I do have some stuff on T public. I'm trying to kind of take my t-shirt designs and stuff to another company. Um, But for now they're still on T public. I might just leave them there, but you know, since they cut the revenue stream in half with that, uh, with their shitty new categories, um, I'm not going to rely on them. So sorry, tangent. (laughs) Speaking of William Friedkin, Sean. Mm-hmm. Have you ever listened to one of his commentaries? Uh
1: no, I don't think so.
2: Absolutely the fucking worst. All he, it's like <laughs> it's it's just like he's describing it for blind people. Oh man. He doesn't give any insight unless somebody's interviewing him. Like I have the cruising disc and I'm writing something for about cruising right now. And the the he starts off kind of okay, you know, talking about some of this, the behind-the-scenes stuff, but then he gets bored at about a third of the way through. He just starts narrating the movie, <laughs> and he did the same thing with The Exorcist. So, um, the Cruising Blu-ray does have a, a really good uh, interview commentary with him, where somebody's actually asking him questions and he's answering them. So he doesn't get to narrate it. But uh, I, I would- if I ever get my hands on a, a inexpensive copy the french connection i'm loathe to listen to the commentary on it
1: I, I can only imagine how incoherent it must be on the guardian considering how miserable that movie
0: is. <laughs> all right are we ready to get into the new movies this week sure all right we'll start with the big one the blackening
1: and the blackening stars tim Storey, directed by tim story and uh starring a, a terrific uh, cast of lesser-known actors including the co-writer Dwayne Perkins, among others, Uh, tells the story of a group of friends from college who are getting together for a 10-year reunion. They're going to drink and do drugs and play cards and just reminisce about the past. Uh, Obviously, at least one or two of them are coming with their own secrets, like two of them are now getting back together as a couple after a long time. Uh, And they're coming to this place where uh, uh, two of their friends have rented this uh, cabin in the woods, Yvonne Orgy and... uh, uh, Jay Farrow uh, played the opening couple and uh, <laughs> terrific opening set piece where where they essentially uh, play out uh, a scream style <laughs> meta narrative about well talking about Scream too. It's tremendous. Uh, a lot of it said a lot of the action centers on this board game called The Blackening, which is uh, a deeply problematic, deeply racist <laughs> game that they're uh, forced to play by this uh, antagonist uh, in a mask. A, Couple of guys in a mask, I guess we'll find out later on. But uh, there's a whole big narrative going on here that's both uh, kind of refreshing in terms of how they play it, because these characters are so refreshing, but also a throwback to classic horror films about like you know people who you know reunion horror. There have been a number of reunion horror movies where you know friends from the past get together, and obviously there's always that one outcast who comes back. and uh, Jermaine Fowler plays that character here. And then uh, it's also like a cabin in the woods movie, so it's got that going for it. So it's combined those two, two things and kind of freshened up both of them with these wonderful... Excuse me,
2: it's things. a house in the woods, not a cabin. It's a house. <laughs> Regardless,
1: anyway. Um, they call
2: that out at the beginning, so...
1: <laughs> and, uh, the the point is, is that this is a very funny, refreshing movie because this these characters are naturally funny, and they just happen to be trapped in this horror movie situation, and uh, that combination really works here he you really, tim story really captures the the tone of that incredibly well uh you know oftentimes uh when it comes to horror comedy the horror either either one of the horror or the comedy gets forced into the situation and this isn't forced these characters are just a naturally funny uh group of people who who just <laughs> have amazing chemistry together uh they they just work incredibly well I especially have to shout out uh, X Mayo as uh, <laughs> she's just she steals every scene she's got the funniest lines and the funniest delivery in the movie she's phenomenal and uh, but they're all great everybody in this movie is terrific i i really really enjoyed this a lot
0: Jeff, did you see Yeah it?
2: same here i did um, i had her so one of my friends who's a big horror fan like me was you know dinging it for You know, not enough people die, not enough people die at first, you know, and it's, it's, it's really telling that they thought it was a straight horror movie because I never got that from it. I got that it was, you know, about horror movies and about, you know, the stupid things that people do in horror movies. But, man, I laughed so hard throughout the entire thing. Um, I did, I did clock who the killer was. Who was, you know, responsible for everything really, really early. And I kept looking for that, you know, that kind of to manifest itself throughout. Um, I, I, the perform, every performance though was just right on. Um, of course, Dwayne Perkins was my favorite because yeah, he's a homo too. <laughs> um, no, he was just actually really funny and he, he reminded me so much of some of my friends that I was like, wow. So spot on. Um, you know, they have they have kind of every every like every, not, I don't want to say stereotype, but it's like every character from black movies in the past is in this movie in a way. You know, you've got <laughs> you've got know, the overachiever Lisa, who, you know, the, the attorney and you think is going to be the final girl, not knowing that everybody's kind of the final girl. Um, you know, like Clifton, the Carlton of the group. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I, I enjoyed almost every minute of this. Um, even though I knew, I knew what was going on from about a third of the way in, I was pretty like oh, okay. Exmo, um, though, oh my god, she was so funny. <laughs> and you know it just just I I don't there wasn't there wasn't a dull moment or a wrong note to me because I didn't lo- I didn't look at it as a horror movie I looked at it as um you know a comedy about horror movies and you know the black stereotypes in horror movies and I mean the tagline alone was we can't all die first which I, the first time I saw that, I just laughed out loud. Um, but yeah, everybody everybody was really good in it. It was totally worth seeing. Um, I yeah, go.
1: <laughs> the uh, run, the, don't the, walk. There's that whole uh, trailer sequence uh, that that you would think would be spoiled by the fact that it's in the trailer. It's about how every, it's about the killer saying, "I'm going to. Ki- I want you to decide who the blackest is, and I'm going and that person's going to die." And but yeah. it still hits. It still hits in the movie, and, oh, yeah. and it's got even uh, several more layers to it that are, are are incredibly, incredibly funny and 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 mean and terrific. And, <laughs> and still, even though it's in the trailer, like when when the guy says I voted for Trump twice, like it still gets a big laugh in the movie. It's still incredibly mm-hmm. well delivered. But that 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 aspect uh, that you're talking about, Jeff, I think the reason that both of us would would clock that is because it is a throwback to 80s horror, like reunion horror, you know, like there are several where somebody comes, you know, somebody comes back from the past and shows up somewhere where you, where you don't expect them to be. And they stand out like a sore thumb. And I think that's part of the joke. I think that's what they're going for is that that element is supposed to be, is supposed to be obvious and and quite funny.
2: You know, and when I heard that Tim story was doing this, he, um, I know this is unpopular, especially with you guys. Uh, I really liked the original Fantastic Four movie. Um, but when I heard he was doing this and, you know, some of the stuff that that he does, I was just like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So.
1: Yeah, the original Barbershop is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that the too, sequels that. get a little bit iffy, but, you know, in terms of quality. But, yeah, the original has got a, a great sense of humor and he's great with, the uh, you know, char- With he's great with characters and letting actors, you know, have their room to to work he especially does that here letting these actors you know really bring a lot uh to this movie in terms of their of their mannerisms and 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 their sense of humor uh taking yeah. advantage of each of them I, I was i was really loving it uh grace Byers too as allison that bit about her <laughs> taking adderall is such a, <laughs> such an insanely great joke
2: I wish adderall did that to me <laughs> <laughs>
0: how was the theater? Was it packed or were you guys the only ones in it or?
1: I had a pretty good crowd when I was there.
2: When did you see it Sean?
1: I saw it uh, Saturday
2: evening or morning or morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw it Sunday morning. Well, you know, right at noon. And I had, uh, about 10 other people in the theater with me. Um, I had one old man who would not stop like getting on his phone. So finally I really loudly said, "Get off your goddamn phone." And he, he left the theater. <laughs> um yeah, I got a couple fist bumps on the way out after that. Um but everybody was like really into it except for that guy. Yeah. You know, he was the only guy who wasn't paying attention, so but everybody was laughing. Um the couple that was next to me or close to me at the end, you know, they were talking about, I'm like, did you guys figure out who it was? He's, she's like, he did, he did, but I didn't do it. I didn't. He just told me, he's like, I figured it out. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I said, it was like a classic horror movie trope, you know, the outsider who nobody really knows, you know, it was like very, um, terror train or, uh, April fool's day. It had that kind of a vibe where you know they're all friends, but they've drifted apart a little bit. So,
1: yeah, well we're seeing it. Very clever movie, very funny movie. Uh, still elements, strong elements of horror. Uh, the choice to use a, a crossbow as the main as the main thing was very clever. And there's even a joke with like the the, the crossbow gets a running gag. Mm-hmm. Nominal. This movie is just so smart.
0: So is it more in the vein of like a? It's not really a parody. Then it sounds like it's more no, like in the happy birthday kind of.
1: I don't think it's a parody. I think I think they made a horror movie and let these characters be funny uh, in it. Uh, I think they they took uh, you know well known horror tropes and they used those, but they they made a, a horror movie that is essentially grounded uh, within that genre, and then these people come in and are just very funny in that in that space.
0: Was it the best movie of the weekend?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty...
2: Well, spoiler alert, I think they're pretty even for me for reasons. Yeah.
0: I wanted to see it, but I only had room to get in one movie, and I figured I'd have to go to... We should probably do The Flash since (laughs) uh, (laughs) it's a pretty big movie this weekend. At least it was supposed to be. Uh, anything else on the black before going to the the flash
1: I'm I'm sad it didn't do better only six million at the box office over the weekend Uh, again if you're when you're listening to this and you haven't seen this movie go see this movie it's it's absolutely a must see
0: all right the flash
1: the flash is directed by Andy Machete who directed the uh, it movies and uh, um, and it stars Ezra Miller Which, you know, you've got to get that out of the way first. And the fact that, you know, Ezra Miller is likely a pretty severe criminal. (laughs) Like He's definitely, he's potentially a cult leader. Like, there's a lot of things. He's a potential kidnapper. He was suspected of murder. A lot of shit. There's a lot of shit that you have to wade through to uh, try and get to this movie and try desperately to be, I guess, objective if you can. Which I guess I've tried uh, because I did like this movie uh the flash tells the story of the flash you know trying to uh go back in time and uh meet, see his parents again and specifically trying to uh save the life of his mother uh, and, and he does he chooses to do so by going back in time to kind of <laughs> prevent i guess his father from not being there when his mom is murdered there's a lot of problematic elements a lot of vagary in terms of the uh how would they handle the timeline and why he does certain things that he does. But the bottom line is he goes back and he saves his mom. But in doing so, uh, he changes the future uh, to the point where there are no metahumans and uh, Batman's a different guy. <laughs> is he in an alternate universe? Is this a new timeline? There's a whole mess going on. that, uh, again, the movie is kind of vague about to try and make it work. because they necess- They're not necessarily wanting to do a multiverse thing. But they also are kind of forced into a multiverse thing. It's very, it's very unusual. But that doesn't matter because uh, the 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 fact of the matter is is that Maribel Verdú, who plays his mother in the movie, is so incredible. Like from moment one, she is such a great mom character, and uh, and it it's she's so good that it that it deepens the tragedy uh, of her having been killed and. Uh, the you know the desire that he has to go back and and save her is underpinned by just how incredible she is and also the other tragedy in his life that his father was accused of and jailed for that murder and has been jailed for that and so it's kind of affected his entire life and the opportunity to try and change that is you know something that that the movie really does does well to underline as an important tragedy that is worth trying to fix but obviously once he does it, it sets apart, it sets the whole thing, you know, the whole horrible thing in motion. Uh, the return to the, the present and finding that uh, everything has changed. He doesn't quite come back to the present, I guess, but it's close to the present. Uh, and the reintroduction of Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, the reintroduction is weird. Uh, I didn't quite follow why they would have him come back the way they did. I guess I don't know how spoiler we want to get, but Keith's character has essentially gone feral as uh, it's... I think we got should... Away.
2: We gotta got get into spoilers because it's kind of the only yeah. way to talk about it. Um, so if you don't want to hear spoilers, then just... Yeah, forward, get your chance
0: fast. to see The Flash this weekend. You didn't go see it, so we're gonna talk
1: about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, fuck you! Pretty much. So, <laughs> I, I didn't buy the idea that he would go feral based off of you know his Alfred not being there anymore, but uh, I once he gets cleaned up and he's in the Batsuit suit again, I honestly got choked up. I got emotional about it. <laughs> it took me <laughs> back to being a child, it really did. And uh, I got, I just got so excited. And I mean, Keaton hits every beat perfectly. He's the best thing in this movie, uh, other than Maribel Verdu. Uh, he's just so fantastic, and everything that he does worked for me. I just could not get enough of him. Um, the other aspect that I del- did like is that this Ezra Miller's dual performance is well handled. Uh, the the younger version of himself that is about to become the Flash or becomes the Flash in front of him is is very funny. I guess, like I said, it's Ezra Miller, so it's kind of hard to praise anything that he does, but it worked for me. Uh, you Can know, I apart- stop you there for a second. Because uh, yeah.
0: what I did, what what worked for me was the fact that the the new dimension or whatever Ezra Miller almost was like it was like having the pre uh, Justice League Ezra Miller and then the popular Ezra Miller kind of meeting each yeah. other and him going crazy. So I kind of worked <laughs> that into the movie. I don't, I, maybe that's disrespectful considering what he's accused of is pretty serious. Right but it still worked for me on that level.
2: The thing about Ezra Miller is they're so talented that watching this movie, I was really pissed off what they did. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as like ruining so many people's lives and ruining what was going to be a really good career.
1: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So they can fuck off, but they're also very talented
1: indeed i mean i that that comes through in the in this movie which again i think is is quite good sorry go ahead no no
2: i was just i wanted to interject that because it was like we're just talking about how he had gone off the deep end and started
1: yeah somebody else jump in because i'm gonna go sneeze some more Oh, that's fine i mean it's
0: (laughs) uh uh, really would have been a star-making performance, you know, because the you know, Justice yeah. League they had a a role that you know stole a bunch of scenes. But this was, you know, the the first step to being a movie star, and the thing is, the last thing that they're probably gonna be able to do, especially on this level, uh, it's really a shame because it really was a hell of a, a performance.
2: Yeah. I... <laughs> So all the uh, the time travel and the multiverse is, I'm you know I'm assuming is what they were kind of going for without calling it out as the multiverse. Right. Um, I thought if if they wanted to keep making Flash movies in the new DC timeline, whatever, that was when they could have really just inserted a new Flash. Right, and they didn't. So I was like, "That kind of okay. I guess they're not going to go forward with any of the flash stuff in the um, in the new DCEU EU." Uh, oh, and I really, when they were going through at the end, and they were seeing all the cameos, I really, really, really was crossing my fingers for Catwoman by Michelle Pfeiffer, the best Catwoman.
0: I agree, but at the same time, I was kind of annoyed by all the cameos. Like it kind of took me out a little bit. It was almost too cute. Uh, the Nicolas Cage one, which, again, we're talking spoilers. (laughs) Knew it was there. The fact that he fought a big spider was just like, they just put a deep Kevin Smith cut in here from his story. I
2: I had no idea he was in it. I loved that. (laughs) That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. my My jaw was like on the floor. I was like, Holy shit! Is that that's the Nicolas Cage Superman?
0: Oh my god! I loved that. I wish, uh, but they just they kind of went overboard with too many people. I did nothing against Christopher Reeves, but I, it didn't add anything. Or even the older Superman. I don't think it really added to anything. It was just more like, let's get as much nostalgia into this little montage as we can. And
2: you know, though that that's the kind of fan service I like when you have the chance to put a cameo in great, but not build the whole narrative around that. Right. Um, I'm not talking about Michael Keaton's Batman cause that worked perfectly. And he is the best Batman, but, um, I really, really thought at the end when, you know, Bruce Wayne drives up, I thought it was going to be Michael Keaton again. I had no idea it was going to be George Clooney. I about fucking died.
0: I wish I I could not believe they I wish I didn't know I can't
1: believe they did that yeah
0: because that was (laughs) that would have been hilarious
1: that was a great idea uh really and and really well executed too I really did enjoy that uh (laughs) just so clever and it's a shame though of course because of because of the Snyderverse and because of uh you know Ezra Miller and and this lack of box office that it had this weekend we're never going to see any of this again it's over uh, <laughs> I guess we're going to get something probably in the Aquaman sequel, but that's it. That's the that's the Snyder verse done. And you know, I'm not Zack Snyder's biggest fan. I've I've got a problem with pretty much anything he's done outside of the uh, DC. The universe. But but I, I mean, I, I've, I've I'm on the record on this show liking what he did in the DC universe. I, I we we talked very much about uh, you know, Batman versus Superman being you know, not that bad uh you know i i'm not a huge fan of his uh his take on superman but i you know i didn't mind it um the i liked the justice league extended cut i thought that was really that four-hour cut was really entertaining um and you know the uh, this isn't a, obviously he's not directing this but these are characters that he's kind of you know put into this universe and he's kind of the overseer of this universe that includes aquaman and flash and you know, from that perspective, those characters have been very entertaining, and it's a, it's, I don't want to say it's a shame, but, like, part of me kind of wishes he would have gotten a little more time to do a little bit more with this.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, they screwed it up so early on that it it just, I don't know, pulling them off of the Justice League movie, I don't know, I messed it up.
2: I just really think that like Sean said, there wasn't enough time to cook. You know, there was so many with, with DC versus Marvel DC, any little mistake they made. Oh my God. It's the end of the DCEU. Oh my God. Wonder woman 84 killed the entire DC. No, it didn't. It was just, you know, it was like an iron man two where it gets, you know, a little better later, but not much. Um, But you know, it's, it's one, it's, it's sad to me because I really was starting to get into it. I didn't actually see black Adam, but that's just cause that came out right after they said, Oh, we're just scrapping all this stuff anyway. Right. So I was so like, well, cares? what's the point? Right. Um, I, I hate to like say how much I like Ezra Miller as, you know, as a performer, but I really always have. Um, and it's sad to me that, they turned out the way they did because i would have loved to have continued to support them but can't
0: but unlike marvel i mean kevin feige got to control all of it you know he was kind of the main guy and he'd bring directors in yeah all you had was studio involvement the entire time zack snyder really never got to be the main guy they it, it, even though they try to use him as that and mm-hmm. it, if i mean it just shows you why the studio heads to stay out of creative because that's why it doesn't work and
1: yeah what what uh what wb discovery has done to this uh, whole thing is just i mean james Gunn, mm-hmm. I, I i believe he'll do fine but like uh the, their intervention here like when you look at the whole batgirl situation like it, uh. it, it's just this it's just this whole mercenary profit, profit, profit thing, and not necessarily about making good movies that people want to see. And that's a—I know that's part. I know it's a business. I know we have to accept that it's a business, especially when it comes to multi-billion-dollar franchises. But you know, Snyder was creating something pretty good with his universe, and uh, and he was seemingly making money doing it. I don't understand some of the decisions that were made around that to to, to continuously undermine that idea i don't quite understand why you would want to take his legs out from under him while you're while he's making good movies that are seemingly making money it doesn't make sense to me
0: well even like the ben affleck batman thing i mean you could tell he wasn't happy with the way things were going he's like you know what i'm done (laughs) and i don't know the whole thing is it's a shame because i would i'm more of a if i'm gonna be a comic book fan it would be i'm more to the mainstream stuff, the Superman, Batman kind of. So I would be more apt to follow the DC than the Marvel, but they just one I even with the James Gunn, it's like take a break. I don't need it right now. Uh, it's a little too too much, and now we got to start over right away. Plus we got this off this Batman and Joker thing off to the side. Are they related? They're probably I don't know. There's just too many random weird things going on for me to really care. But. They-
2: The thing about Marvel that is so smart is they have had a plan from the beginning. They didn't, you know, they didn't make a movie and then decide to build around it. They had the event, you know, they they were leading up to the Avengers from the first seconds of Iron Man. You know, it was like, let's, let's sit down and plan this. And then they get a plan going and then they, you know, DC just tells everybody what the plan is. Before they even start making movies. Right. And so you're looking forward to something and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't come off quite right. Well, then all of a sudden, well, we're just gonna shift course right away, immediately. Right. And that's you know, that's what led up to this whole like, well, you know what? Screw it, we're just gonna reboot the entire thing. Um, none of this means anything. And you could, in theory, have reset everything with the flash movie you know the fact that he's going between worlds and there's you know a multiverse in the dceu you could have recast superman you could have recast batman you know and you could have. i would have loved to have seen something where all the batmen come together including robert pattinson's batman you know they were all like like that scene in uh Avengers, where all the female superheroes have that one shot together, yeah. <laughs> would kill. I would kill for that scene with all the different Batman. I, I just what you have all this IP that you're not using because, you know, Wonder Woman eighty four didn't do as well, or Black Adam wasn't great, you know. And they have to have been thinking about ditching the entire thing for a few years. Well, well I mean it, forget-
1: go it's, ahead. Uh, it's DC tradition isn't it? Like the new 52, like take your entire universe and blow it up and start again. Like they've done that a couple of times in comic books. Not that I'm a comic book guy or anything, but I'm I'm aware of uh, that they've blown up universes entirely and started whole new lines uh, cuz it's cuz you can just do that in comic books and uh so that that is kind of in tradition but when it comes to Marvel versus DC, it's like the auteur theory because it's it's Kevin Feige right at the top. You've got one guy who has the vision for the whole thing. And he assigns you know each particular vision to a, to a very good director to to execute it and to execute what he has planned. Uh, but it's a it's a collaborative thing. But you have one guy right there who is you know stewarding that whole thing, who's you know, captaining that ship. And DC never had that. They wanted uh, Snyder. It seemed like Snyder was going to be that guy. And then they took it away from him. And they've never had that one guy who's just like, okay, I'm in charge. And this is what we're doing.
0: Yeah. And that guy shouldn't be the director either. It shouldn't have been Snyder. It shouldn't be James Gunn. It should be someone like a Kevin Feige to just kind of keep them on course. And even that's not perfect. We talked about with Guardians, how they kind of ruined some of those characters doing it the way they're doing it but Mm -hmm. it still worked. I mean, it worked enough, but yeah, there's just, it's the, I mean, it's, I guess it's like star Wars when Lucas was in charge of it. It's one thing, but once, as soon as the studio takes over, it turns into a whole different thing.
2: The thing, the thing that always like struck me is Marvel never had like the, aside from like Spider-Man, never had the standout like characters, you know, they were always teams and it was always, you know, smaller comics that came together to be a team. Right. Whereas with the DC comics, they have the strongest leads, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, you know, like even their second tier ones, like Green Lantern and the flash are still names. Mm -hmm. whereas you know nobody until the until the movie iron man came out iron man was like third tier at that point yeah you know everything was spider-man and spider-man spider-man and because marvel didn't have the rights to spider-man you know technically at that point at all they had to like are like what do we have the rights to and oh we have iron man well let's do something with iron man and that was what bob said is the the theory that you get somebody who has an overarching kind of vision, but they hire the right people at the right time. And instead of dumping all of this stuff on the back of, you know, uh, Zack Snyder and everything has to go through him. He's a director, you know, he's not, Mm -hmm. he's not Kevin Feige. Um, You know, give him the big temple movies, you know, the, you know, the, Batman versus Superman or the justice league, give him those. But when they had Patty Jenkins directing wonder woman, I was like, Oh good. She's a really good director. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what kind of set that original wonder woman apart was they picked the right person at the right time for the right project. And I don't see them, you know, paying enough attention to that in the other movies, you know, Andy machete is fine, but he does have, he's not, always consistent
1: oh yeah He's, right. a, he's deeply you know, indulgent yeah. as, as the second it movie it demonstrates. One, it yeah too.
2: great deeply yeah indulgent. <laughs> yeah it was like the, i i saw i re-watched them the other day because i i don't know i wanted to see something different that i haven't watched in a while and i was like wow this is aside from a few moments in it too
0: it was awful it's really
2: not good well let's not <laughs> forget or you know, oh, go ahead no 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 go ahead go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to shift course. So, if you have anything within,
2: okay.
0: Well, just no. no.
2: It,
0: they also ruined some of these releases by having it come out on HBO Max the same weekend.
2: Oh yeah, and yeah. That's where That's
0: where a lot of the money loss comes from, and they've already changed HBO Max. So it's mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to yeah. trust yourself and let it let it. That Zaslav guy
2: can go fuck himself. Yeah you brought that up and that, that kind of, so I don't know if you've, if you saw the thing that was going around this weekend, they're already before the movies are out, they're announcing when they're going to be streaming on max or on Peacock or what. And I'm just like, you really don't want people to go to the theaters anymore. Do you? Because Hmm. I mean, it's like three weeks from now. I think flash is coming out on streaming.
1: Really? That's it.
2: I, 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 I tried to explain to my niece yesterday that uh, I said, Oh, are you going to go see the flash? She goes, oh, I think so. Maybe it's really good, but it'll probably be streaming pretty soon. Right. And I, I explained the, the Jurassic park thing that we talked about last week.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It was a year and a half before it came out on VHS and she could not believe it. She's like, how do they get away with that? I was like, <laughs> it built up. I mean, first of all, the movies were in the theater a lot longer. You know, I mean, they were, Jurassic Park was probably in the movie theater for a good six to eight months through the holidays. And, you know, was doing business. Uh, because, But now there's so many different streamers and ways to watch the movie. And I know COVID, like, really put a big knife in the side of theaters. But, you know, you go to a Marvel movie on a Thursday night, and it's just filled with people. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how, I I that's those kind of movies, the ones that fill the seats on the weekends are the ones that make room for stuff like, uh you know smaller art artsy movies like, um, Bo is Afraid or things like that you know, mm-hmm. and I would hate to see that go away just because these idiots who are running these studios, just think they want to get everything streaming.
0: Well, part of the problem with that not to defend the studios, but the idiots that have those that are stealing the movies, (laughs) you know, once they hit the theaters, it's easy to get copies and get them online. And I, I know way too many people who pay 20 bucks a month for everything you can get and watching bootlegs and this and that. And I, I mean, probably more people I know than not do that. And I just don't get that. And they don't realize they're killing everything. But that's why they have to release it to streaming sooner. They can't sit in wait because it'll come out for free anyway. So they need to get their money from whatever company is willing to stream it. Uh, I don't know. I, the whole thing sucks, and I, I don't really know how studios or not studios, but how theaters survive all this, other than movies like I, I, I really don't know. The whole thing's kind of frustrating, and I hopefully. Hopefully it turns around. That said, I have been having a hard time finding two two or three seats by themselves the last few times I've tried to go to the movie, movies with my family, except mm-hmm. for The Flash. I had no problem. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. If I wanted to go, I could get. And I was just shocked by that because that's my biggest problem with this movie is somebody, I don't know who it was, associated with DC or Warner Brothers said this is the best superhero movie ever. Which, James Gunn. James Gunn said that? Yeah. That was idiotic. <laughs> not, not to mention there's a million multiverse movies right now. Mm-hmm. Not even the best multiverse. I mean, Spider-Man's way better than this, I think. Uh, oh. And so we just had those two things going against it right away. And in the end, it was good. I liked it. It was fun. Uh, I wish I did no certain things going. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked it overall. But it, it did leave me disappointed because I was expecting to be blown away and I yeah. wasn't completely blown away. It was just another movie.
1: It's very good. I, I gave it like three and a half out of five, like on Letterboxd. Like, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's quite good. Uh, and I think it would have been a nice base to build off of for you know more movies like it. Unfortunately, that's never going to happen. I think like one of my problems with the time travel aspect was that, uh, I needed to know why he wouldn't just go back to the moment his mother was murdered and stop it there. And I thought to myself, well, that would be something that they could do in a sequel. And they're probably setting up for him, you know, having this doubt or having this question about whether or not his father did murder his mother. uh, that, That that would be something that they would tackle in the sequel. And so that kind of like so that was in my head and that kind of, you know, made that made sense to me and unfortunately I don't, obviously we're not going to see any sequels for this now so we'll <laughs> never know but i i do think some of the time travel stuff was a little bit vague specifically so that they could get away with a few of these things that they want to do on um, whether you know trying to keep it is it a linear universe is it a multiverse uh, is it just every possibility that that exists all at once you know there's a lot of there's a lot of softness to their uh, to the timeline of how they want that to work, and I'm fine did, with that. I'm fine with it being soft like that. But I, I did have a lot of strings I felt like I could pull on if I wanted to.
2: I did like how each multiverse was represented by one of those big spinning balls, and the color of it kind of told you who was the right, you know, who was yeah. the main person in that one. And then you know when they got to the gray one, it was all the old time serial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's something. I this this is, would have been the perfect movie to build, like you said, to build the DCEU on because you could bring anybody back that one that was willing to do it at any time. You could get new people. You could get a new Wonder Woman. You could get a new Superman. You could again. I really, oh my god, just seeing all the Batman. I just, like, my nipples are hard thinking about it. Um, you know, like, I just, I want to see a movie where Michelle Pfeiffer and Eartha Kitt, you know, I guess she'd be CGI, but mm-hmm. where, you know, where they're cat women And, you know, I just, yeah. um, I, I guess we also, speaking of, like, that scene, we also have to talk about CGI. Yeah,
0: because I heard people apparently complain about this,
2: that. It was on purpose. Yeah. Um, okay.
1: <laughs> sure. Jan.
2: <laughs> I heard that. And I was like, um, you know what? They tried that shit with the new fantastic form or the fan for four stick movie a-, a few years ago. Oh no. It's supposed to look that. No, it's not. Come on. In a world of avatar, you're telling me that they all look like statues <laughs> on purpose. But, I mean, I think that once, I think, I think that they had to make all the people in the, you know, whatever the, they called it, I forget where it's spinning around and, you know, all falling in on itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they had to make all of those people look like statues so that it didn't look so jarring when Nicolas Cage's sex doll showed up later (laughs) with his smooth vinyl skin and...
1: Uh, was was that a fully CGI creation or did Cage oh, yeah. shoot anything?
2: No, all of those apparently were all fully CGI. I mean, it looked
0: just like the the promo shots they did with Nicolas Cage, like a CGI I, version yeah. of that.
1: I died, though, when I saw that Spire. giant. <laughs> that was so fantastic.
0: But like 15% of the audience
1: got it. <laughs> sure.
0: I mean, I, I'm glad they did it, uh, but and and I, that I did laugh at that because I did not know that was going to happen. <laughs> uh, but still, it was just I don't know it. It, I, I mean, the stuff that you were complaining about, Sean, the pulling the strings out. I didn't have a problem so much with the way they were. I don't think it was a linear because he clearly gets knocked out of the timeline by himself. You don't know it's himself to the end, but. And even Ben Affleck's Batman was explained to him why you got to be very careful. You can't change anything. Don't go backwards. And so I get why he wouldn't go back to the murder and why he'd try to do something more casual, like whisper something about a can of tomatoes. Uh, I, I bought into all that, even though it's convenient the way they went about it. Just, they said one thing so that they could tell their story and keep their, their science based time travel or however you want to, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I, I at least bought into that. But I don't know. Overall, I would say it's good. But I didn't. The George Clooney thing at the end, I, if it was Christian Bale, I don't think it's as good. If it's, I mean, obviously Val Kilmer would be a mistake. But mm-hmm. I, I just. Pat-
1: Pattinson would have been good.
0: <laughs> Pat, it would have been fine. But it, it's not as funny unless it's Clooney.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And this movie was, it all—it had to be comedic throughout. Otherwise, it wouldn't have worked. Right. You have to have, you have to, have to watch it kind of tongue in cheek and with a little wink and a nod to the fact that they're bringing back all this, you know, the Keaton verse and all that. Right. And if it had been anybody else but George Clooney, it would not, I, I shit you not, I went, oh my God, that is the best thing I've ever seen. And the guy behind me was like, yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I just it, if if it had been patents and everybody would have been like, "Oh, wait, are we doing this now?" You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And Bale so, would have been
0: cool, I guess, but it's still you need the laugh and I think that's why Clinton is yeah. the best choice. Anything. I mean, I guess also why he pro- Michael Keaton was a uh, was feral, so they could put another guy in a wig and you could hide it easier. It would be the only thing I can think of why (laughs) uh, they made that choice.
1: Yeah, maybe I just didn't buy that, but that's fine. Like I said, once he's cleaned up and he's Batman again, he's just, he's the man. Like I I got emotional. I got emotional. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I wasn't bothered at all with the fact that they hadn't touched his equipment and, Twenty some odd years and it still worked just fine. Yeah. That didn't bother me even in the least, even yeah. though I think in the lesser movie it would have.
2: You know, Sean, he's talking about getting it emotional. This really was an emotional movie, even though it was, you know, kind of lighthearted and kind of tongue in cheek. You know, the scenes where he's saying goodbye to his mom? I mean, oh. come on.
0: Oh, that was a yeah. great scene. Wow.
2: You know, just like I believed every second of that. As someone who has lost their mother and wishes they could have that,
1: oh, absolutely.
2: Great. Every second. And she is so good. Oh, I mean, very, I
1: she's think the amazing. And her charisma in just a few scenes is just off the charts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, she, one of my friends was like, wait a minute. Is that the lady from e to Mama Tambien? I'm like, it sure is. Oh, my God. I just watched that movie. That's amazing. <laughs> so... I, I have a feeling that she's gonna have a kind of a, an American resurgence here. That'd
1: be nice.
0: Well, and the fact that you know he had to kill her to end this movie, you know that. Uh, yeah, uh, you
2: that, have to let her oh. go, let her go. Mm-hmm. That,
0: that's a great plot point, and uh, yeah, and even the courtroom scene with Ron Livingston at the end—not nowhere near as good acting, but mm-hmm. it was still an emotional <laughs> scene. He's fine playing Ron Livingston. But yeah, it's... I, I
1: still want to know who killed his mom.
0: He did. Right? I- <laughs> Isn't that what happens in the comics? Isn't it reverse flash or something like that? I have no idea. Could be. That's what my son and, was telling that me. And
1: again, that, like I said that before, that's what probably what they were going to do in a sequel, hence why he wouldn't go back to that specific moment. Right. Yeah. It's
2: Jack Nicholson.
1: <laughs> it's Jared Leto's Joker.
2: <laughs> no thank you.
0: Anything else on the flash?
2: No, but incidentally if you put uh Jerry Seinfeld's face over uh Jared Leto's on that, it still works.
0: <laughs> it will be streaming in three weeks if you want to see it. <laughs> uh our classic this week is the 1989 Batman
1: and what else is there to say about this It just still holds up it's still it's still incredible uh you know, it's, it's a memory from my childhood I'll never forget I was you know 13 years old uh, walking into the uh, theater in Davenport that is no longer there uh, trying to walk in but there's this sea of humanity. <laughs> That is pressed <laughs> out the doors and around the corner uh you know you're going to be standing there for an hour two hours to get to your seat to, to, to get to a screening that isn't completely sold out i mean it, it's a memory i will never forget and you know the the perseverance of my mother willing to <laughs> be there and, and stand in that line and, and get those tickets and sit in that audience uh, in something she had absolutely no interest in uh truly is a another memory that uh uh, make, it's another thing that makes that uh, so so incredibly special but yeah uh, you know, at the time when we're talking about michael keaton we're talking about beetlejuice and like n- this is not the guy that anybody thought was going to be batman and then he steps into batman and absolutely smashes it he's just phenomenal on both sides of the aisle of both sides of bruce wayne and of batman yeah, because he's not the most physical guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's just, he, what he has is that, that thing behind the eyes that shows you that he could be smart enough to strategize his way around s- situations where he would need to be physically stronger than anybody else. And that level of, it's. it reminded me, I, I always, I'll make this comparison often, but I think it's a good one. It reminds me of professional wrestlers who can make, like a guy who can make uh, a bigger guy who can make a little guy make you believe that a little guy is beating him up. Like there's a character, Ray Mysterio, in professional wrestling, Jeff, who is five feet nothing, 190 pounds, but he's been Wait, a that, world, he's
2: been a Jake world, No,
1: <laughs> he's been a world heavyweight champion, and you believe it when he fights bigger guys because the other guys are so good at making him look good, and and you know Batman you need to be able to put over the idea that this guy is strong enough to take other guys down in a physical situation. And it has to be about strategy. It has to be about quickness. It has to be about, you know, his his ability to see the next move before it happens. And that's kind of what they do with Rey Mysterio in wrestling. But the that idea of, of getting him over that way, it's all about how, how good Keaton is in making you believe that. He makes you believe that.
2: He really does. Yeah, he's just... I remember I was old enough to have seen this, to have driven myself and my friend to see this on opening night. Uh, I, the like you said, Sean, the mass of humanity in that theater, and I was like five people behind, just praying that we were going to be able to get tickets because, hey, kids, you couldn't buy tickets online or pick your seats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it turns out that they they had multiple screens for this movie because the hype was unimaginable. Um, This was before the internet. This was, I, I distinctly remember them. I don't, I don't, and I don't even know if it was in newspapers or magazines or what talking about Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom is Batman. (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. And everybody thought, Oh, this is going to be a bad idea, but I'll tell you what, Tim Burton knows what the fuck he was doing. Because he is my favorite Batman. Um, not necessarily my favorite Bruce Wayne, but he's definitely my favorite Batman. Um, the just the just just seeing it again this weekend, I just normally I can put on a movie and I can half pay attention to it, especially if I've seen it a few times. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those ones where I can never not just pay attention to the movie. And that's mostly due to the performances between keaton and nicholson
0: right yeah you, you put know it the, on to, just for it to be in the background and the next thing you know you're you're fully engrossed
2: in it oh yeah i mean the soundtrack is amazing the whole prince soundtrack was yeah i mean danny elfman this is i think was that i think it was his first big I think so, blockbuster yeah. um you know it's just everything about this movie is iconic and I I don't understand why anybody is like oh no my favorite Batman is you know Adam West I mean he's fine but come on <laughs> yeah he's no key. yeah
1: that hearing hearing Elfman's score too in the Flash yes. just for, uh-huh. just for a few moments was so awesome
0: <laughs> this was the first movie I ever saw in the theater I don't really remember it other than my friend's mom took me and my friend to see it uh. And I mean, because I was like nine or something like that when it came out. Uh, but I don't know. It just, it never gets old. I still, I think everybody still quotes it to this day to the point where they had Michael Keaton re quoting it in The Flash.
2: Uh, Want to get nuts? Let's get yeah. nuts.
0: <laughs> and I don't know, you know, I can't separate nostalgia and quality. I just, it, it is from our era. It's, it's one of the tent tentpoles, you know. I, I don't. I I think it's good. I, I don't. You know. I think I have no. It's just fun to watch. It's good. Uh. I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: and no, you know, Nicholson. Uh, Nicholson's Joker is is uh, so iconic. He's just. He just. It's very Nicholson in terms of the performance, but. Mm-hmm. even with that he still he, he makes he takes a, this iconic joker character and turns it into jack nicholson essentially and uh you know he forces everybody to try and and have to be very very different from him in order to try and stand out you have to be you have to not be nicholson which is what makes heath ledger so incredible in his performance is that uh he doesn't try to do anything that nicholson did and still makes his own you know Version that is even, I think, even more iconic in terms of that character. Uh, He doesn't necessarily top Nicholson, he just does it differently and perhaps, in my mind, better than than Nicholson does, just because Nicholson is so grand in Nicholson. But he's such an essential part of why this is so good. Uh, He's so entertaining, he's so charismatic, he's so funny. Everything that he does is... Uh, yeah, It's got that touch of madness that uh, you know, only Jack Nicholson can bring. Uh, the gleefulness, <laughs> the way that gleeful madness that he brings to it is just uh, the energy in like the party man scene where he's just uh-huh. dancing around like ridiculously. It's so awesome. And, and to the point where it's like kind of scary, like he's he's having such a good time being such a villain. It, it actually gets kind of scary at times. And I, I really loved that, especially when I was a kid. Uh, being a little bit afraid of just how nuts this guy really is. Uh, he really, he forces Keaton's game up. Keaton is forcing him up. Everybody is just, you know, topping themselves. Yeah, I could do without Robert Wool, but other than that, this is a perfect movie. <laughs> I had to look
2: up to see if he was still alive.
1: <laughs>
2: is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even look to see if he'd done anything because he just was
1: He's my least favorite part. He's just playing such a '40s detective, and that you know, non. Even though he's a reporter, you know, he's playing this like yeah. '40s detective, and it, it just doesn't. It didn't. Nothing about his performance really sits well with me. But he's the only part that I don't like. I like Kim Basinger. I thought Kim Basinger was was pretty great. Uh, yeah. I think she holds her own. Uh, you know, as much as this is a damsel in distress character, in the end, she does you know she does have a little bit of agency here and there she does show her show herself a little bit and she they let her be talented and smart on top of being beautiful
0: well and back to nicholson i mean he is such a he has such an amazing career you know even going into this but I, i mean this is probably one of the top three movies people know him from if not the number one you know and despite how many you know the shining and one for the cuckoo's nest and everything else he's done this is I probably is most popular.
1: I would say so. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned that too, because like there's an entire generation and to multiple generations that only know him as the Joker. And those kids get to grow up and go find Nicholson other places and have those experiences that we got to have, you know, seeing the shining for the first time or seeing cuckoo's nest for the first time, or, you know, the last detail, like I young generations of film fans. This is like, Batman is like the, Gateway to this amazing, you know, Nicholson universe.
0: Well, I mean, granted, I was nine, but that's my—I I knew him as Joker for the longest time. Uh, it wasn't even. We need,
1: to do, we need to do the last detail, by the way. That's a yeah. classic. Sometime.
0: Put it on the list. You got the, All right. You got the thing going, don't you?
1: Yeah.
0: I haven't done my part. Sorry. <laughs> Nobody has. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someday.
2: I started writing some stuff down. That's good.
0: But then even as like the only comics I've ever read have been Batman. And I haven't read that many of them, but even finding like the little like Easter eggs within Batman, this stuff that they talk about that appear in different Batman stories. I thought was pretty cool that they, you know, in that museum room he has, which they recreated in the flash, which is awesome. Mm. Uh, how those are all different stories within the, <laughs> batman world which i thought was really cool
1: that's actually one of my it's, it's a it's a little thing but it's one of my favorite scenes of of keaton as bruce wayne is his introduction to vicky vale when she's like sneaking around his house with, with robert wall and he catches her mm-hmm. and that's he's so charming in that scene and and that's like the that, that like proves that's like the proof of him being able to be bruce wayne is that is that scene i, I really love that well, I, God, I,
2: mean, I wonder where he got it. Well, I picked it up in Japan. <laughs> just a casual, like, well, I, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, was
2: just
1: of. Uh, right. uh, I was just thinking how, as a kid, like my my version because I was I wasn't a comic book guy, but I liked comic book characters and comic book cartoon characters. Uh, and like my my Beatles versus Elvis was like Batman or Spider Man, <laughs> and for me, my <laughs> Beatles was always Spider Man until the batman movie came out and i didn't have a spider-man movie to go with so you know batman became sort of the beatles to the spider-man elvis at that point
0: (laughs) well yeah i mean i think like my son's generation a lot of it's spider-man that's his beatles right now and (laughs) he's had both Uh, and i think a lot of his friends like i mean and quite frankly i think the spider-man movie has been better than the most recent batman movies I think they're on par. They're on par, uh, but I think they're slightly like. I think the multiverse with Tobey Maguire on and Andrew Garfield. I thought that was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I thought that, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, but I, I mean, I liked Affleck's Batman. I think that could have been a really. Oh, I
0: loved great Affleck's Batman, and, but they fucked it up.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, your yeah, Pattinson's Batman is is fucking awesome. I love that movie. I thought that was terrific. Uh, do I like it more than I like Spider Man? I think they're on, like I said, they're on par with, for me, like the Batman and the Spider-Man, the most recent Spider-Man, I think they're kind of on the same level for me.
0: Well, I, I don't disagree, I, but I do think the Batman's almost more of a grown-up movie than yeah. the Spider-Man movies are. And I mean, the Joker, they're, obviously, is completely grown up.
1: I think, I think having a consistent actor in the role of Spider-Man helps, you know, like Batman has had it's like it's like a football team that has a different coach every few years like you can't ha- you can't find the consistency in the offense you know whereas uh whereas having tom holland be so consistent as spider-man for the past you know half a decade or so ha- has definitely helped uh spider-man i think surpass perhaps uh batman
0: right and i mean we're far enough away from the christian bale batman too mm-hmm. uh but i mean literally there's at least two Batmans right now I mean if you want to still include Affleck as Batman
1: Uh, Clooney's Batman now that's true
2: (laughs) would you guys want to see a Clooney
1: I would (laughs) give him another chance come on
0: no I'm good it works in small doses works in small doses (laughs)
1: Schwarzenegger's still around. We can get Mister Freeze back. We'll we'll do it all over again. <laughs> Uma Thurman, I mean, but good this time.
0: Bring Chris O'Donnell back. Resurrect his. Yeah, what's career. he
1: doing? He's uh, on one of the NCIS's. Oh, he? he actually
0: has a career. My bad.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> no, Alicia Silverstone. No, no. Oh, I'm okay oh. with that.
0: <laughs> uh, anything else on Batman?
1: Mm, not really it's just it's it's iconic you know
0: he dies in the flash Uh, (laughs) (laughs) multiple times actually uh Mm. last action hero
1: (laughs) last action hero directed by john mctiernan and starring uh, arnold schwarzenegger is a movie that's more interesting behind the scenes than it is as a movie uh this began life as a a uh, Zach Penn, Adam Left script that everybody loved that was essentially a parody of Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies. And then, then Arnold Schwarzenegger said, well, yeah, I'll be in the movie. And they had to change it to be a parody of Mel Gibson action movies. <laughs> and so that's how we end up with this bizarre mishmash of way too many cooks uh, in, in the uh, kitchen uh, creating a movie that uh, doesn't quite work. It, it is a fantastic premise. A kid played by Austin O'Brien gets a magical movie ticket that uh, comes to life and sends him into his favorite movie series, the Jack Slater movies, where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Jack Slater. But in this universe, obviously, Jack Slater is a real person who's uh, in the midst of this, you know, action adventure movie. Uh, It's a great idea. Uh, I just don't think they execute it well because too many people got involved and made changes. And then you've got this whole behind-the-scenes mess where this producer named Mark Canton uh, demanded that they be done and ready to go by a June 17th date that was a week after (laughs) Jurassic Park and just doomed, doomed the movie. It had absolutely no hope. Uh, They finished the final cut of The Last Action Hero two weeks before they premiered it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is absolutely insane they've premiered it on um, in hollywood on the same weekend that jurassic park was breaking box office records everywhere <laughs> and when you watch the footage of the premiere you can see the doom in everybody's eyes they just know that they're cooked and it is it is comical to watch the behind the scenes stuff is way way better than this actual movie i mean The story about them and NASA, have you heard this story about the last action hero and NASA? No, they paid $20 million to put last action hero Arnold Schwarzenegger's face on the side of a NASA rocket. And then the rocket couldn't take off because of technical problems, and so they were they had to push it back to after the movie came out, and then they just decided to scrap it entirely. So <laughs> it's like the perfect metaphor for this movie. It's like this this great idea that just can't get off the ground. Uh, it's so perfect. Um, the movie, like, it has some inspired moments. Like, it, I I do like a couple of the jokes. I guess where like. There's one where Schwarzenegger, Austin O'Brien has just gone through the screen, and he's in the backseat of Schwarzenegger's car, and he's in the middle of a car chase, gun battle, and Schwarzenegger pauses to change the mini disc of the rock song that's playing <laughs> <laughs> because there's always a rock song playing during his action scene, So he's got, a, and he's providing his own soundtrack. That is the kind of joke that demonstrates some of the potential that they had here, but. It just, it never works. As much as I want this movie to be good, as much as I try to will this movie into being good, it's just not.
0: I'd never seen it until this weekend. Wow. And, and you're 100% right, right? You know, when you said he's playing Mel Gibson. You know, you had your main guys, Mel Gibson, Bruce Willis, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and then you had your side guys like Van Damme and Seagal. You just if they would have written, changed the script to match the Schwarzenegger style action here it would have worked I think way better and yep. I mean how hard could it have been or just cast Mel Gibson uh, <laughs> and I don't know it just that's where I think it hurts the most other than the too many cooks in the kitchen thing is yep. just if you just you gotta be more meta with it maybe they're too afraid to do that back then I
1: don't know if they, there was a little bit of that in this but uh that was the intention <laughs> and then cool. Schwarzenegger got cast and Schwarzenegger to his, to his to his credit he was very professional. everybody loved working with him on this movie and he was very uh, as much adaptable as possible, but at the same time he really wanted to be cool in the movie and not be the subject of the joke and that's why you you know it doesn't quite work. He has to be a little bit more of a fool. he has to be more willing to take the l a couple of times in this movie and Schwarzenegger is so obsessed with being cool uh, and making the character seem cool and McTiernan in the same way uh, that they lose that element of it that could have been, you know, broader and funnier.
0: Right. I mean, Stallone as a Terminator is only so funny, you know? Yeah. And that's what I think. He was willing to make fun of his friends. (laughs) Right. Not so much himself. Yeah. Uh, and the soundtrack i for a rock fan I, was, I had that I, you know i, I knew yeah. all those songs but i don't remember like
1: death jeff leppard everybody
0: anthrax alice in chains aerosmith everybody was on it and one i didn't hear half the songs in the movie or even in the <laughs> credits yeah uh, despite him changing the <laughs> the disc mid chasing
1: <laughs>
0: uh uh, did they play the Def Leppard song? Because that was a huge hit out of this movie. I thought it was
1: over the it was over the credits, I believe. Oh,
0: not the initial credits.
1: No, like the secondary oh, song with the credits. Christ.
0: That was a huge hit from this movie. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it was fun enough. But it was more because I could kind of, I, I if I knew what you knew, it'd probably be even better. But uh, it was kind of fun to laugh at a little bit.
1: Jeff, have you seen it?
2: I have not. I was going to watch it this weekend and just got away from me. Find mm. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I don't have Netflix. Oh. <laughs>
1: What'd you do? Share a password? <laughs> no, I,
2: I canceled Netflix a long time ago, huh? like months and months ago. Um, they just weren't, there wasn't enough that I couldn't stream elsewhere. So.
0: I'm still watching The Last Dance over and over again. At night, when I go to bed. <laughs> uh, and then ESPN makes it even better when like Scottie Pippen says shitty stuff it's all fun uh, anyway what do we got next week forgot to write it uh, down
1: <laughs> so far in terms of the theatrical releases the only two that are on the theatrical release list are the new uh, Jennifer Lawrence comedy and uh, No Hard Feelings <clears throat> and um, oh, uh, asteroid city.
0: So past lives or God as a bullet? Are we going to get either of
1: those? Or not sure? Don't All know. Right. Uh, they're not currently on the release list for for our local theater. Okay. I looked up. Uh,
2: I looked up God as a bullet, and oh my god, it has such a great cast, and it also has what's her face from Mad Men. Um, but yeah, I wish that was coming here
1: don't know that it's not they won't make they don't tend to make the official our our theater doesn't tend to make their schedule official until tuesday night so that'd be the time to check but as of right now it's not on there
0: 1993 we got dennis the menace house of cards sleepless in seattle what's love got to do with it what are you watching for the show
1: sleepless in seattle and uh we had some scheduling issues this week so it'll be a double episode with uh last action hero and sleepless in seattle um and of course, we've got the Jurassic Park episode still to come out, uh, which uh, it'll be
0: out Thursday I'm sure morning.
1: Amy, <laughs> Amy and MJ, I'm sure, will be losing our fans uh, as quickly as possible with their takes on Jurassic Park. Really? Uh, yeah.
0: Do we have a classic in mind for next week?
1: I don't. Okay. We'll add
0: one mm. later then.
1: Yeah, we'll have to come up with something only people I knew would make lists of those and send them to me. I just
2: haven't emailed you a goddamn <laughs> list yet, Sean.
1: You
0: heard us both <laughs> complaining about our jobs before we started.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: We can't all work for... No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Without your permission, I'm not going <laughs> to... Mm-hmm. Okay. Share. I'm assuming you guys are up for flick chart. Wherever that is at. Here we go. Do we want to run Batman through the gauntlet?
1: We've ever done it.
2: Not that one. When I tell you the amount of times I drew Batman in the summer of 89.
0: (laughs) I drew the logo a lot. (laughs) And it was never... uh, Symmetrical. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Batman the gray. Batman. Batman. Yes. Batman the Boston Strangler.
1: Batman. Yep.
0: Agreed. Batman bowling for Columbine.
1: Batman.
2: Yeah, Batman.
0: Agreed. Batman insomnia.
2: Batman. Mm hmm.
0: Yep. Batman Sideways.
2: Ooh. Batman.
1: It's hard for me. I really like Sideways a lot. Uh, Batman.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I like Sideways a lot, but we never fight for it to be a classic. <laughs> so, <laughs> Batman Rocky Three.
1: Batman. Batman. Sorry, Bob.
0: No, it's okay. If it was Rocky, I'd be like, "Fuck you!" But Batman: A Star Is Born.
1: Batman, Batman.
0: I'll go with Star Is Born on that one. Batman: Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind.
1: Eternal Sunshine. Batman. God damn
0: it. Oh. <laughs> As of right now, it's Batman. If I watched Eternal Sunshine yes. today, it would be. Eternal Sunshine, I'm sure. Batman, everything, everywhere, all at once.
1: Everything, everywhere, all at once. Ooh.
2: As far as cultural, for me, I'm going to say Batman. Although it's the toughest one we've come up yet.
0: It's everything, everywhere, for me. By a fairly big margin. And I like Batman a lot. Batman, Hereditary.
1: Hereditary. Hereditary.
0: Batman, High Fidelity.
2: High Fidelity? Batman. I'll go Batman on
0: that one. Number eight, between Hereditary and High Fidelity. All right. Anything else you want to run through the gauntlet or just rank random movies or end the show altogether?
2: Slash. (laughs) (laughs) The blackening. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's just not. Yeah.
0: Safety not guaranteed The Dark Crystal
1: Safety not guaranteed Yep I love that movie
0: Chinatown Rosemary's
1: Baby Chinatown
2: Rosemary's Baby i go to Chinatown
0: The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor District 9
1: District 9 Feel free I don't care District 9
0: <laughs> Star Trek 4 The Voyage Home Muppets from Space
1: Muppets from Space. Yeah, I
2: agree. But it is. I take it you're not going to Trek Fest next weekend,
1: Sean. <laughs> is that one. I don't hate Star Trek. I just don't like the. I don't like the original cast Star Trek movies. Yeah.
0: Rango, the creepy fucking kid in apartment. Never B. heard of that one. Never heard of
1: that. No.
0: Rango, oh, come on. Really. Rango Fury.
1: Rango. Rango.
0: Greed. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, The Abandoned.
1: I'm not sure what The Abandoned What the fuck? Why
0: are you doing this flip chart?
1: Because <laughs> we've reviewed, we've done too many movies.
0: <laughs> Under the Skin, How to Train Your Dragon, 2019.
1: Under the Skin.
2: Under the Skin.
0: Absolutely. Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, or ever runs through it.
1: Mission Impossible.
2: When does the next Mission Impossible come out?
1: This summer. Every other year.
2: Thank you, Sean. Could you vague that up for me? A
1: little bit? Coming out in a couple weeks or something.
2: Okay, I've never seen any of them because I hate Tom Cruise so much. But I'm going to take one for the team.
1: Do it; they're great. I'm not.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I don't really care. Do you like it? Do you have a preference, Jeff? Or I know you haven't seen Mission Impossible, but just let Sean have like Sean, I like the
2: river runs through it. Craig Sheffer was pretty hot in it, but I've not like I said, I've never seen any of the. Uh, it's a snooze. Mission the Possible
1: It's a snooze. I don't, well,
0: in that I, case. don't I really don't <laughs> care.
2: You can pick Mission Impossible. <laughs> don't.
0: I haven't seen either one, so Meet huh. the Robinsons. Frankenstein meets the Wolf Man.
1: Frankenstein. Meet the Robinsons. God
0: damn it. I'll go Frankenstein. Friends with Benefits, Ali.
1: They're about the same bland, forgettable thing for me, so
2: Friends with benefits, because I like my Kunis better than Will Smith.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Uh, top Secret, The Business of Strangers. Man, that's I've
2: tough. I've never, never is, heard of
0: The
1: Business of Strangers. The Business yeah, wow. of Strangers is uh, Stockard Channing and Julia Stiles. It's a pretty terrific drama that I oh, highly recommend.
2: I, okay, I've never seen it, but I've heard of
1: it now that you say that. I would say Top Secret. Yeah, I would watch Top <laughs> Secret. Anytime Val Kilmer's hilarious in that fucking movie.
0: <laughs> the Savage Bees Elysium.
1: I've never heard of Savage Bees, but I want to see it now based off that poster. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> aftermath Elysium.
1: I'm not sure what aftermath is.
0: Thirty nine steps.
1: The so thirty nine steps all the way. Phenomenal yep. yep. movie.
2: Good book too.
0: Rudy, Eternal Sunshine.
1: Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. (laughs) Very easy. Uh, We're the only podcast that hates Rudy. (laughs) It's
0: not that I hate Rudy. I hate everybody that likes Rudy. (laughs) When Harry Met Sally, the last airbender. When Harry Met Sally. Yep. I don't hate the people. I hate that they like it so much. (laughs) Ice Age 2 Cube. Cube. Cube.
2: Cube.
1: Ice Age movies are insufferable.
0: Beverly are Hills that? Beverly Hills Cop, The Good Look of a Seuss.
1: Not seen that one. One of the first movies ever made, apparently.
0: Beverly Hills Cop, Safety Not Guaranteed.
2: Safety I Not Guaranteed. I, I like Controversial those
1: those for some, but, like, yeah, Safety Not Guaranteed.
0: Well, no one's seen it. That's why it's controversial. I think if you watch it, it's pretty amazing. Lucy Jr.
2: Lucy. Yeah, Lucy.
0: Yeah, Little Nicky, The Jungle Book, 2016.
1: <laughs> Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, and I don't like The Jungle Book, so that tells you.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna pick Little Nicky just to piss Sean off. I've never seen The Jungle Book. Oh. Uh, the, the I've seen the original. I haven't seen that.
1: I go with the. You Jungle underestimate Book. how much I care. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dog Day Afternoon, The Natural.
1: Dog Day Afternoon. Dog
0: Day Afternoon. I hate The Natural, too. Idiocracy, Sirpico.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm going um, with Sirpico.
0: I think Idiocracy yeah. is a better idea than it is a movie. Yeah, that's
2: yeah. fair. And that's recency bias for me because I just listened to Sidney Lumet's book. It's free on Audible, by the way.
0: 17 again, The Ringer.
1: Fishing with Gandhi. Every time
0: you say that, the show automatically ends. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is our show. We should look at, see if the Savage Bees is available since we're looking for a classic. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, if you think of something, let me know. I'll try to get you a list someday. All right. Alright, see you guys later. Yep. See ya. Bye.